and welcome to the Southern Surf Stompcast, where we feature the best surf, instro, and beyond that the South has to offer. I'm your host, Chad Schiffers. On today's episode, we hear a special interview I did with Eddie Angel of Low Straight Jackets. But first, as always, let's start off with some new music. This first track you're going to hear is from one of last month's stomp performers, Genki Genki Panic, and their tune, Camp Crystal Lake. Thank you. 
You just heard The Worm from Earl Burroughs Boys. Before that, The Rex House with Run Like Hell, which is the title track off of their brand new EP. Now, The Rex House is basically just the solo project of one Leon Daniel, which is my buddy that used to play with the Monterey's. Before that, Genki Genki Panic with Camp Crystal Lake. Up next is Southern Culture and the Skids with The Wet Spot.
That was Atlanta's own Fiend Without a Face, featuring Brenton Hines of Mastodon, and their track, Tsunami. Before that, the Belmont Playboys and Chaparral, and we kicked off with Southern Culture on the Skids with The Wet Spot. Up next, we're going to hear a first wave tune, The Cinders with Sinner. But first, let's hear a word from one of our sponsors. Hey, this is Bob with the Surf King Surfwear coming to you from the Southern Surf Stomp podcast. Check out our shirts and other items online at thesurfkingstore.com.
And there you have a couple of Spaghetti Western tunes, both from Austin bands. The last one, The Nematode with Deadwood. Before that, Three Balls of Fire with their wonderful rendition of Ennio Morricone's The Ecstasy of Gold. And of course, we started off that set with Sinner by The Cinders. Up next, my interview with the legendary Eddie Angel. Hey, Eddie, welcome to the Southern Surf Stompcast. Hey, it's great to be here. All right, so it seems to me as if you cut your teeth on rockabilly with uh, Tex Rabinowitz and the Bad Boys and then later the Planet Rockers. What led to your transition into instrumental music? Well, I, I actually started out and I first picked up a guitar playing instrumental music. The first song I ever learned was um, Walk, Don't Run, Adventures. And then I had learned to play guitar with Adventures. So when I was 12 years old, I, that's where I started. But then... You're right. When I was, I was playing with Tetra Benowitz uh, in 1980 in Washington, D.C., and we were doing rockabilly, but he suggested that we do a few instrumentals, some Link Ray stuff. And my first reaction was like, oh, man, that, that's pretty, that's not going to work. People don't want to hear that. <laughs> but, really, and, uh, but then um, he was right. You know, we started doing, we did uh, like Rawhide and... Um, we do Jack the Ripper and uh, Switchblade and stuff like that. So, And we did Baja by the Astronauts. And he never came back, but eventually. So anyway, those were worked into the set. And, and, and you know, it all sort of, um, I took to it like a duck of water, you know, because that's where I, I started out. And um, and I really took to to, to the Link Ray style, because you know, I just think that's by now how I naturally play. So... And, you know, Link Ray was from that area, you know. He was from the D.C. area. Yeah. I mean, he was from, not a, you know, he wasn't born there, but that's where he was living when he really was doing mumble and stuff. Right. And um, so I was right at ground zero for Link Ray, you know. Um, so. And um, so that's when I started writing instrumentals, like uh, I wrote Rampage. That became part of our set. I wrote uh, Link Stealth. In fact, I did my, my first 45. 1981 was Rampage and Linkstail, which were like total Link Ray type. Linkstail was an obvious tribute to Link Ray. Oh yeah. So so it was always in my DNA, you know, playing. Mm-hmm. I think playing instrumentals and playing rockabilly or 50s rock and roll. So I'm, yeah. So it was a combination. That's what my style is, you know. It's really a mix of, of 50s and, and and 60s garage, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, other yeah. than uh, Link Ray and the Ventures, and I know Scotty Moore's influences, um, who are some of your other influences? Well, Chuck Berry is a big influence. I love Chuck Berry. Um, George Harrison of the Beatles, but, and Carl Perkins. But, um, you know, I kind of always loved that kind of countryish style playing. Country guitar, Chet Atkins, I loved a lot. And, um, and then... Later on, like now, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan. I love like Bo Diddley and uh, Cliff Gallup, mm-hmm. but it was always it was always rock and roll players. You know, I mean, I was never influenced by um, by jazz, rock and roll, and country guitar players. Right. And, and I think, and like I said, the rock and roll that I liked was the rock and roll that came was sort of uh, influenced by country music. You know, like even oh, yeah. Chuck Berry. People thought Chuck Berry was. They thought Maybelline was a country record, you know, or something. Yeah. You know? yeah. 
so yeah, Chet Atkins was a big one. Big, I love his playing. My style is really uh, pretty focused on a few guys. <laughs> you know, yeah. you got Scotty, Scotty Moore, uh, Chet Berry, and, and Lou Gray. I think you know, you, you, and uh, they'll try to nail it. You tend to wear your influences on your sleeve, like you were talking about earlier, Link Ray and uh, Scotty Moore. But you'll have some songs that kind of come from nowhere, kind of like uh, Aerostar, which is really beautiful and harmonically rich. It's not like your kind of gritty Link Ray-styled instros. Where do those songs come from? Yeah, man, sometimes I I wonder myself. They come out of left field, but but I'm definitely influenced by, uh, I mean, I always thought, like like a songwriter, you know. I was was writing songs right from the beginning. That's what I thought you were supposed to do because I was I was really heavily influenced by the Beatles more than anything. Mm-hmm. The, the Beatles kind of you know uh, hit me like a ton of bricks. That's why I started playing guitar, you know. Mm-hmm. When I, um, so I always was influenced by the Beatles, and I loved their melodic stuff, and uh, I love uh, music that that's ear candy, you know. Oh yeah, you just can't. Gotta keep hearing it, and uh, so uh, that was always part of part in there too. You know, I just wanted to write nice songs. You know, and um, yeah, it's like a dual. I know what you mean. It's sort of like a there's like a dual thing going on. I, I'm playing really kind of like uh, three chord, uh, make way rock and roll on one hand, and then real pretty melodic stuff on the other hand. Yeah, but, my um, my friend Richard, who will actually be playing with you at the Stomp, he kind of pointed that out, and I'd never really thought about it before, but uh, it made a lot of sense. Yeah, well, it's funny. A friend of mine who was a really good guitar player up in upstate New York named Graham Tishy, he 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 was you know uh, analyzing my style one day. He I think he hit it, he nailed it. He said I approach the guitar like a songwriter, like the soul, and that's that's exactly right. You know, I I I never. The thing about me, I could never play fast. You know, I could never mm-hmm. do that fast. Stuff. I just, I don't have the um, ability. You know, I, I'm, uh, I guess I just maybe I'm too lazy to practice. <laughs> but I don't know. But so I, so I relied on other things. You know, I rely, and, and really, I'm more, I'm more interested in songs. You know, I love songs. You know, I love a, a well-constructed song. In fact, when I'm home. What I, I playing the guitar, I, I just usually pick up like I have a, a Yamaha classical with nylon strings, and I have a also have a little a guitarelli. Have you ever heard of those? Is like a six string uh, ukulele, but tuned kind of like a guitar. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, it's like half guitar, half ukulele, and it's real nice. It's a nylon string, and what I like to do is get a, um, a fake book out and learn a standard. You know, like mm-hmm. a song like "Pennies from Heaven" or you know, and um, and I like to kind of shake out the melody within the chords, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm also a real chord guy. I I I I I, I, uh, I use chords a lot to put, you know, to kind of envision what I'm doing. Like I I, I don't use scales, you know, right. as, as much as I think in terms of scale uh, of chords. And it's funny because last year I got to uh, have have dinner with one of my heroes, Scotty Moore, you know, and, uh, yeah, and I was talking to him, I said, man, Scotty, how did you come up with some of this stuff, you know, and his answer was, you know, I really like chords, and so, (laughs) and I, that really really resonated with me, because I was the same way, man, I'm a chord guy, as opposed to like, you know, uh, scales and playing real fast solos, right, and I, I can't even do that stuff, so, 
anyway, so that's probably where those Aerostar kind of songs come from. But there's that part in Aerostar where I don't even know how I came up with that. I don't, <laughs> there's, there's a section. I'm really honestly, I'm like, yeah, it's like something that just came out of the sky. I wish I could, wish it happened more often, you know? <laughs> <I wish I'd... laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's a beautiful song. Is that what what makes Los Jackets work so well? You think is having uh, multiple songwriters, like really strong songwriters, like yourself and Danny? Oh, yeah, totally, man. I, I, yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, yeah, it was just we had songs. You know, I mean, that's some a lot of a lot of instrumental bands don't have songs. They just come up with a riff or something. And uh, yeah, Danny, we had songs, and Danny and I were both uh, could do that, and 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 we had totally different styles, you know. Oh yeah. Danny, Danny was like you know he was from the Dick uh, Dale, uh, Hank Marvin school, and I was from the Link Ray, Chuck Berry. So, and but um, but I think the com we had a lot of common ground too. I mean, one time we were on um, Art Fine's poker party, and he asked each one of us individually what was the first album we bought. And I didn't know at the time it was, it was news to me, but every one of us said the Beatles. 
Mm-hmm. So we're all we're all Beatles fans. The Beatles sort of, you know, set the standards for for rock and roll bands. You know, mm-hmm. they they are still to this day. I mean, they just had every piece of the puzzle. So we had that in common. So, but Danny, uh, yeah, he he really had the. Whenever we got together to do a new record, it was even like like Jet Set. After 20 years, we could still come up with you know songs. So that 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 was our. That's why we were able to have a 20 year plus career, you know. I mean that and the wrestling match. I mean I don't want to <laughs> take that away. I mean really, you know, we 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 would have never gotten out of Nashville without the wrestling mask, you know. Right. People aren't interested in in in, in middle aged guys playing playing <laughs> guitars, you know. <laughs> right. Jet Set to me is a really special Straight Jackets record, and I was kind of wondering how you kept it so fresh and. uh I was wondering if it had any part to Danny coming back from his illness or, you know, the production seems a little bit different. Uh, what was different about that record for you, if anything? Um, well, there was a couple of things you just nailed. I mean, Danny had been sick and he was home. He was able to just have time alone at home and he, and he was writing a lot of songs. And he came up with, I think, some of the best songs he's ever written, like uh, Jet Set and, and Crime Scene. And, uh, so that, that there was that. He came up with a couple other really good, uh, low tide. Um, there was that, and then there was also the addition of our of our new guitar player Greg. He brought a lot. He's a great guitar player and very. He's very complimentary. He, he's very good with coming up with um, complimentary parts. And plus, he wrote a couple of good songs. You know, he wrote "Wrong Way In" and uh, "Brooklyn Slide" and just di- different things. Gave, gave us a different uh, angle. And then we had, had a producer for the first time uh, in a long time, uh, Yanni Havisto from, remember Like in the Cosmonauts? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, they were an uh, instrumental band from, from Finland, and they were a great band, and he, he was the drummer in that band, and so he produced it, so he brought something new to it. So That, that actually makes a lot of sense now that you, now that you mention it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh-huh. So that's, he brought a lot of... Uh, a lot of nice touches to it, you know, um, like the keyboard parts or whatever. That they sound like Glockenspiel or something. Mm-hmm. It's just, and that song, Mr. Pink. I mean, he had a lot to do with that song, making that what it is. You have some pretty amazing accomplishments. Uh, you were, you guys, along with um, Eddie Clearwater, were uh, nominated for a Grammy. Um, yeah, and you got you guys have toured the world. I mean, you just got back from Australia. You guys have been on Conan. What you know? Nine probably, yeah. What is one of your proudest accomplishments as a musician? Oh man, that's a good question. Uh, I thought I don't know. You know, I, don't, I mean, probably going to the Grammys. I, I get I guess getting nominated for Grammys was like sort of the biggest deal because that's. It, it sort of um, validates what you do, you know. I right. mean, in other people's eyes, you know. Right. Um, so that was that was probably that, you know. If, if any one thing, uh, I'd like to do that again. That was fun. <laughs> we we um <laughs> we went in in tuxedos and wrestling masks. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I gotta and, say uh, the, the those pictures are hilarious. Seeing you guys on yeah. the on the red carpet, and I read that people were coming up to you guys asking who you were. <laughs> Yeah, it was really funny. People were like, like, "Who are you guys? What are you guys doing?" <laughs> <laughs> and so we're there with Tony Bennett, you know, and Madonna and people like that. <laughs> That's insane. Oh, so it's surprised they let us in. You had the mask on, you know. 
Um, but yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty awesome. Not not that I put. I don't put much stock in like the Grammy Awards, but, right. but I mean that was just. But but just for that reason, that was pretty cool. Well, it was a neat experience. Uh, yeah, it was a really neat experience. And like I said, it, not it, everybody it, gets it, to do that. <laughs> No, no, it, put, it definitely right. It, it right. definitely puts you into like one percent or something right. <laughs> of anybody, probably of anybody who is in the music business. You know, how do you feel like either the music industry's changed, or music in general, or even instrumental music, um, to be really specific, has changed since the inception of uh, Los Stray Jackets? Well, man, the music industry is it's, it's totally changed. It's a different animal, you know. I oh mean, yeah. And it's a whole different thing, and I don't even know where to start. I don't even know. I mean, I don't think anyone knows. <laughs> I don't think anyone knows what it is anymore. Yeah. Um, I just know that. I just feel lucky that we were able to get in, our foot in the door, and at least you know carve out a, a little niche for ourselves, and and have a career. And we were very lucky in that a lot of our stuff was used in movies and TV shows. So. We, we we got some we got you know paid some money to be to keep us in the music business you know but uh but we're we're a very small cottage industry man I mean I don't sometimes I scratch my head how we are able to do it you know and exist because we go out and play to 200 people you know yeah and uh, that doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like you could eke out a, a existence doing that but we've managed to do it you know? oh yeah yeah I think you guys yeah. are maybe one of four instrumental groups in the world. Uh, or in in this kind of genre that actually can make a living, right? And, and you know, yeah. the the bottom the, the bottom four, I think, you know, like the fourth, maybe uh, I think they're living on like ten dollars a day. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, we just did a tour of Europe, you know, and um, yeah. three week tour of Europe and clubs and stuff. It's like, yeah, it's like, I'm like, how do we do this? I mean, it it, yeah. it it was like, yeah, we're playing to two hundred people. I mean, my and I came home, and my I started my friend. He plays in a band called Lamb Shop, and he was they just got back from Europe. And they were playing for two thousand people. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, so it's like it, it really made me scratch my head. Like, man, how do we manage to do this? But anyway, we we have. So, I think getting back to your question, man, I don't know what the music business is. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, it, it's it's uh, as I know is you know I've been able to scratch scratch out a living in. It's funny. I'm here in Florida right now on vacation, and uh, a friend of mine is down here too, who owns Sunday's Records. You know that label, Sunday's yeah, is Records. Yes, is it Bob, Bob Irwin? Bob Irwin, yeah. Bob, yeah. Bob Irwin's here with us. You know, oh, we were cool. talking last night. Yeah, and you know, he knows a lot of these bands intimately because he has to deal with them, like the Left Bank. You know, the lead singer just died, and you know, people like that. And uh, and I always, I'm always like shocked that like these guys never made any money these guys yeah. who had like these big big hit songs they wind up you know penniless and the end when we were we were just in copenhagen and we went to visit link ray's grave in copenhagen he's been buried in a basement of a church mm -hmm. and the story is that he died penniless i'm like damn man that the music business is just filled with so many you know horror stories i, yeah, I still feel really lucky yeah i'm glad that it's it's so uh, wonderful to see you guys out there doing it and you know kind of able to do it. You know, a lot of us hobbyists just really really look up to it. And I, you know, I think a lot of us hobbyists 
wouldn't even necessarily want that. We're we're grateful just to play music, but uh, yeah, uh, it it's it's also cool to see you guys. It really feels like you're still having fun with it. I know it's I know it's work, but uh, you know I I watched a lot of videos and stuff in in preparation for this interview, and it just seems like you guys are having yeah. fun, and that's 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 really incredible. Uh, to, yeah, to, yeah, well, yeah, well, that's that's the key, man. I mean, well, and that's in that regard, I think the reason is uh, we uh, we always did music the first and foremost. We want to do something that we like ourselves, you know. Yeah. And we were never we were never under pressure to like do something else, you know. Like no, we didn't have a record label telling us you guys need need to write a hit or some of that. And uh, so we were able to manage our own affairs. And um, right from the beginning, the philosophy of the band was was unspoken, but the philosophy was we want this to be fun, you know. And yeah. For the audience, we want it to be fun for the audience. So it's just I guess we got to have fun along with it. So yeah. But. Yeah, so we we definitely had fun with it, man. Yeah, not to mention that, but uh, I mean, you'll also play you know smaller gigs with with your various projects. Like I know that uh, Martian Denny Orchestra will play uh, the Family Wash in East Nashville, which you know I've been to. I've played on that stage, just a tiny little club. And uh, when I was there, you know, they passed around the hat, and uh, I just I think yeah. that's I think that's cool that you're still kind of doing that and playing. You know, you're playing our our little shindig down here. Oh yeah, man. Well, yeah, that's what, that's what, those are the gigs that are the most fun, man. Yeah, I played those gigs and I played baseball stadiums in Mexico City. <laughs> so, I mean, the gigs that are right, I, I, I prefer the little small gigs. You know? And and that's nothing like uh, Bob Rowan was talking about last night. He said that um, he was in New York City, like Bucky Pizzarelli, you know, the guitar jazz guitarist. Yes. Plays, I don't know if he's still doing it, but he's playing every Monday night at an Italian restaurant. Right. In New York. <laughs> New York City, and he said, to, and Bob talked to him, and he said to Bob, "Yeah, this is great, you know. I mean, it's ten blocks from my house, and come and keep my, I can keep my chops up just by playing here. And then, you know, once in a while, somebody calls me to play a festival in, you know, France or something. Right. But, but, but that's what Bob's point was. These, these jazz, these really like, you know, accomplished jazz guitar players. Uh, they, at the end of the day, they just want to play their guitar. You know, yeah. it, it's not, a, it's not about the fame and fortune. They, they just they started out wanting to play guitar, and that's how you end up, just wanting to play the guitar, you know? Bob and I were talking about that. And speaking of Marching Denny Orchestra, man, those guys are world-class musicians, man. I don't know if you know the like Dave Rowe, the bass player. He's uh, he's done, he's a, he, was play, he played with Johnny Cash and, and uh, Dwight Yoakam, and he's a session player, so just played on some... Uh, Ray LaMontagne album that's, that's a big hit mm-hmm. and uh, Jim Hope the keyboard uh, the, the sax player he plays in all kinds of sessions he, he just played with the Beach Boys last Sunday at the Ryman Auditorium oh wow He's a, those guys those guys are world class I mean they can play with anybody uh, that I mean I can't do that I'm more like <laughs> you know I, 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 I do my own thing but I'm not right. going to get hired by the Beach Boys or something you know um any more than Link Raywood, probably. Right. You know? So, and um, and then Jimmy Lester, the original Street Jackets drummer, playing drums. So the Martin Denny Orchestra, yeah, that's a good example of the of the the extremes of the music biz. You know. Oh yeah. Everybody in that band is like, uh, you know, could could be playing at the Royal Albert Hall, or they could be playing at the you know Family Wash. Right. <laughs> Twenty five bucks. Yeah, and uh, and, we, a, and yeah. a and a pint and a shepherd's pie, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah.
What can we expect to hear at the Southern Surf Stomp? Yeah, it's going to be a, a cross-section of a lot of my songs that I've written, you know, and uh, I'm not sure if I'm saying anything. I forget what the set list was, but um, <laughs> it's going to be, I, I'm looking, looking forward to it because it's a lot of songs that I, I, I don't get to play a lot in those straight jackets, only because, you know, and they're really good songs, but in those straight jackets, we've got such a set format down, you know, that, you, you know, you can't do every song, you know, it's, it's not enough time, so. Right. Because, um, you know, Greg has to play a certain amount and things like that. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to doing, like, songs that I, I, I haven't done in a long time, like uh, like Straight Jacket, you know, and uh, Caveman, I don't do much. So, I, I, you know, I don't think I sent you any songs, any the NFL songs, right? It's all instrumental, I think. Um, uh, I'm not sure. I, I let Richard take care of, uh, of yeah, all that. He's right. going to be backing you. So, so it, it's sort of, yeah, that's what you're going to say on that. Other than that, um, you're going to probably suspect you know, a drunk guy with a wrestling mask on stage. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. I'm kidding. <laughs> Those days are over. <laughs> well, Eddie, it was, it was awesome talking to you. You know, I don't, I don't know if I told you, but I've been a big fan for a really long time. So this was kind of a special treat for me. And we're really looking forward to having you down, down here in Atlanta. Yeah, thanks, Chad. It was nice talking to you. And I'm really looking forward to All right. the to get to see you next month. Yes, okay? sir. Thank you so much. All right, man. All right, bye. See you, Chad. Bye-bye.
the Fringe Factory. Why don't you listen to this recording with interest? Tokyo, 4 a.m. in Russia, 1 a.m. in London, 12 p.m. in Sydney, 7 p.m. in Mexico City, 5 p.m. Vancouver, Canada, and 8 o'clock Jersey City. And now, folks, it's definitely suck it to me time. Fun vibrations. Every Wednesday at 8 o'clock. Of course, in that last set, we heard a couple of tracks from Eddie Angel. The first being Thunder from his Guitar Party album. Afterwards, Low Straight Jackets with Challenger 64. And I want to thank Eddie so much for taking time out of his vacation to speak with us. Now, not only do we have Eddie performing at the next stop on April 18th at Kavarna Indicator, Georgia, but we also have a tribute to a band that's very special to me and the first surf band I ever saw, and that's the Penetrators. So we're going to kick off this next set with one of their tunes, Another Time, Another Place.
Ramparts with Rampart Street Twist. Prior to that, the mutations with You Talk Too Much, and we started with Another Time, Another Place by The Penetrators. Up next, we'll hear original Shake Charmers with Movia. But first, let's hear a word from another one of our sponsors. For 50 years of surf music and instrumental rock, check out The Longboard Show on the radio Tuesday nights at 9 on WREK Atlanta 91.1 FM or via webcast WREK.org slash longboards. 
That last band was Beach Mover with Anxious Rider. Before that, Bat City Surfers with Slack and Hash. And we started off with the original Shake Charmers and Movia. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Southern Surf Stompcast. We appreciate it and really hope you enjoyed it. If so, please recommend it to a friend or leave us a review on iTunes. You can check us out online at southernsurfstomp.blogspot.com, Facebook, or Twitter at South Surf Stomp. Feel free to contact us with any questions, comments, feedback, submissions, or requests at chadshiversmusic at gmail.com. Thanks again to Eddie Angel and our sponsors, the Surf King Surfwear, the Longboard Show on WRK.org, French Factory on WFMU.org, and of course the Penetrators for letting us use their Southern Surf Syndicate theme as our intro and outro music. We hope you join us next time for the next Southern Surf Stompcast.